Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, hello everybody. I'm so grateful to be together. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here and I'm grateful to be able to chat with you today. You honestly, I feel like one of the songwriters in the Psalms out of the scriptures. There's this particular one that says this, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Honestly, that's the way I feel today. Maybe you feel the same way. Just glad to be together. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad to worship together. Glad to pray together. Glad to open the scriptures together. So thank you for being here today. Uh, We are in a series uh, called Ephesians. Quite simply, that's a book or a letter out of the Bible. And what we're doing is we're just going chapter by chapter, speaking from our hearts of what the Holy Spirit uh, is kind of putting on our hearts that we think would just make the scriptures come alive in your life. And what is the Holy Spirit trying to say in your life? Today is chapter four. Chapter four starts with a big word, therefore. Would you say that word with me? Therefore. That's right. Sometimes when you see the word therefore in scripture, you gotta ask yourself, what's the therefore therefore? And the therefore is there because of some wonderful things that have happened in chapters one, two, and three. Here in just a moment, I'm gonna read you some of those wonderful things, but let's stop here for a moment just as we start this message today and say, what is a therefore moment? Have you ever had a therefore moment in your life? Therefore moments make you stop in your tracks and say, what's been there before me? What am I there for? Where am I going? I had one of these moments a few years ago uh, with my son. He was about this big. I think maybe he was four-ish. And one summer day, uh, he wanted to mow the yard with me. And so he, uh, he saw I was getting ready. And I was getting out my very manly mower, 36-inch something mower, Toro, ready to rock the yard mower. And he said, Dad, can I mow the yard with you? And he brought his little bubble machine mower. And I said, yeah, man, you can, you can do this. Because honestly, I was totally eager to teach him how to mow the yard because I'm ready to get it off my plate, if you know what I'm talking about, dads. But anyway, so we start going, I fire mine up, and I put little headphones on him because I was like, I'm not sure his ears are ready for this. So I put little headphones on him, and we started making our tracks. Down the first row we went, down the second row we went, down the third row we went, and I'm looking at him, giving him the thumbs up like, yeah, man, we're real men, mowing. And then all of a sudden, we're going down, and he says to me, Dad, starts yelling at me, Dad, because he's got a yell through his headphones and yell over the engine. And I said, yeah. And he said, what are we doing? I said, we're mowing the yard, man. (laughs) I thought that's all he wanted. And we kept going. He said, dad, why are we mowing the yard? I said, to cut the grass. And I kept going. He said, dad, why are we cutting the grass? I said, to get the grass shorter, man. Keep going. Second later, he says, Dad, what? Why do we want the grass shorter? And then it hit me. I've never thought about it. Why do I want the grass shorter? Why do men everywhere, I can women too, why do we spend countless hours mowing the yard? Why do we do this? And I just kept walking, and then it hit me. I've got the right answer. I said, we're cutting the grass because mom wants the grass shorter. 
And that made sense to both of us. And in that therefore moment, we understood what we were there for. We're making mom happy. And uh, we cut that grass that day. I gave him a fist bump. And I'm happy to say that now five years later, he is now nine and cutting the grass by himself. Somebody high five me. Yes, a therefore moment. Come on, you have had a therefore moment in your own life. Maybe the first day you showed up on the job. Did you, maybe, maybe you're like me and you had a sense of this. You show up on the jobs and you have a sense of humility because somebody gave you the opportunity to be there. Somebody saw something in you. And you recognize that I'm standing in this place in a company that I did not build. I didn't start this company. This company's been here long before me. This organization's been here long before me and now I get the opportunity to run with it. There's a therefore moment. What's been here before me now sinks in. And now I want to live differently into the future. Maybe the same thing happened at your first day of school or college and you recognize that, hey, these, these people that are teaching me have spent their lives dedicating themselves to studying this subject and are now imparting this knowledge to me. And I'm not going to live that haphazardly. No, I'm, I'm going to have a therefore moment, recognize why I'm there and take this knowledge and live it purposely into the future. That's what's going on with Paul. In chapter 4, he's about to turn the page into the second half of the letter. And he's going to tell us now how we should live. He's going to say, let's live like this, guys. But he doesn't launch, he doesn't just start there. He starts with therefore. And I want to remind you what we are here for. I want to remind you what's in chapters 1, 2, and 3. And I think you're going to have a good time with this. What I've done is I have written up some words here. Instead of putting all the scriptures on the screen, I want to read just some excerpts from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 about why we are in this moment in chapter 4. What is the therefore, therefore? This is what Paul is referring to. Before he launches into how to live, he reminds us of what Christ has done for us. Let this encourage your heart. Let this fill your soul. Check this out. This is in chapter 1, verses 3. We read this in, chapter, in week 1. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. See, I've written some of these things up here. Blessed us, every blessing. He has blessed you today. Keep going. Blessing us with every blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united here, united with Christ. Even before he made the world, that's a big statement. He made the world. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us, hear us, hear this. He's adopted us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace. See, I wrote that one, wrote that one down. He has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness. I wrote that down. And in grace that he purchased our freedom. Hallelujah with the blood of his son and forgave us our sins. Do you recognize that today? Your sins are forgiven. He has showered us with kindness along with all wisdom and understanding. Come on, that is good news. That's just chapter one. Check this out in chapter two. I've written a few more words out here. This is in verse four. It says, but God who is so rich in mercy loved us so much. Hear it, rich in mercy. Loved us so much that even while we were dead in our sins, he gave us life. He gave you life, raised, raised us to new life in Christ. Amen. Verse 14 says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. 
and he has united all people into one people in his own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separates us. Broke down a wall that would separate us and them. Broke it down, made us one people. I love this and has brought peace to us. This is, this is a therefore moment. Where are we at in our lives? We are, we are swimming in the love of God. We have been chosen. We, we have been adopted. We have a freedom today. We have been forgiven today. L- listen to this in chapter 3. And then this sets up chapter 4. This is the, uh, verse 14. It says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you. Do you hear that? He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. Where does Christ live? He's going to make his home in you and in me. His home in our hearts as you trust him. Your roots are going to go down in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. You are swimming in the love of God today. Verse 19 says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete. Come on, anybody want to be complete? Lacking nothing? With all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The last verse says this, Now all glory to God who is able. You recognize that? We serve a God who is able. Able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. Do you recognize that? Infinitely more than we could ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Period. Now we have chapter four, therefore. Stand at the crossroads for a moment and look at it with me. Look what Christ has done for us. Look at where you stand today with all the mercy he's poured out to you, all the strength made a home for you, finds you faultless, a God who is able to do above and beyond all we ask or think. Going on for generations, for fullness, we are complete in him. This is where we stand today. I don't know how you feel about your life today, but the reality is God loves you. And for those of us who have put on Christ and said yes to Jesus, this is where we stand at a therefore moment. We are here in this moment because of what Christ has done for us. Now chapter four. I'm gonna do my best just to read these next verses without stopping, but tell me, let me, let me trust me, I wanna stop and just reiterate some of these beautiful things because now we're gonna turn the page. Paul's about to say, I'm at this therefore moment. I'm gonna say how I'm gonna live. He says this, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowance for one another's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together in peace. For there is one body, one spirit. You have been called the one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. This 
is honestly amazing. You're at the crossroads today, a therefore moment in your life. Because of what Christ has done for us, we are now going to turn the page. We're going to live different. We're going to set on a new journey. And what he's saying is here right off the bat is that we're going to live worthy of our calling. Do you recognize that you have been called by God? Scripture did not say that you've been called by God and you haven't. Or God has called only some. He has called each and every one of us. When I think about how God calls people in the scripture, I think of Jesus and he called by name, Peter, come follow me. When I think of how God calls, I think of how, how God called Paul. He said, Paul, by name. I wonder if he's calling you today, Sarah. I wonder if he's calling you today, Beth. Todd, Bob, whatever your name is, he is calling you today. And he's calling us into something that's a high calling. He's calling us into himself, which is to love. He's calling us into himself, which is now to be people of peace, to be people who forgive. And so that's why he says, always be humble, because Christ was so humble. He gave up the whole thing to come to earth for us. Humble and gentle. Oh, there's such strength in being gentle. Be patient. Make an allowance for one another. I, I think it's interesting. Allowance to me, I, I think of budgeting. You know, like I'm going to set aside a little money for Starbucks or I'm going to set aside some money for some repairs because things are probably going to go wrong in my house or in my car. I'm going to set aside some things. I'm going to make an allowance for that. Paul says, at this therefore moment in my life, I'm going to make allowances for the people in my life to have some faults. Because you know what? I have some faults of my own. And Jesus has made every allowance to me, has forgiven me, has been patient with me, always patient with me. Come on, is there ever a time in your life where God hasn't been patient with you? I don't know what you think that God's disposition towards you is, but let me tell you, God's disposition towards you is always love. It is not anger. It is love. It is patience. Because of that, we can make allowance for others because of our love for one another. Make every effort to be united. I'm all for being united, but honestly, guys, I'm not sure that I've made every effort for it. But Christ has made every effort for me to be united with him. How much more than should I make every effort to be united with others in the spirit? This is, this is beautiful because he doesn't say make every effort to be united uh, in race or in gender or in color or in age or in building or in country or flag. No, in spirit. Beautiful. And the thing that's going to hold you together, the thing that you're going to bind yourself with is peace. Peace has a name. Peace is Jesus. But peace also is a verb. We're going to live into peace. We're going to be people of peace. The thing that's going to hold us together, the thing that we're not going to let go of one another when you're trying to run away from me, I'm going to say, I'm peaceful with you. When we see things differently, the thing that we're going to hold each other together on is, I'm going to be peaceful to you. Imagine if the next argument you got into or the next time you saw something differently, you held it together and say, I'm going to be peaceable to you. Let's talk out our differences. Let me see how you're seeing that. Let me hear you out. That's something I'm going to think about. Let's be in peace. Then he goes into this beautiful thing about oneness. Did you know that we serve a God who is one? I read it to you. But the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are one. And he says that he's over all and in all and living through all. 
I, I think of this wonderful picture that is an a Orthodox icon. And, and you'll just have to like Google it. Just, oh, oh, you can type an Orthodox icon, which is painting, an Orthodox painting of the Trinity. And you'll see the most famous one there is, is of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it's kind of gold. I'm just going to describe it to you. I don't have a picture of it today to show you because I want to describe it. Icons, by the way, in paintings, icons, uh, when, they, when they paint these, they call them that they're writing an icon. They're not painting an icon. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to read the painting. Let me describe it to you and see if you can read it. It's a gold painting, and what it is is there's a table, and there's the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit there. And there's a lot to read about them. You'll notice that Jesus, he has two robes on that signify that he is divinity. He's fully God, but he also is fully human. He's got a, another robe on, and he's taken that one on. So that one's not tied. That one's just right there on himself. And you see the Father just with glory all about him. And you see the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is different than the rest because what he is doing is he's gesturing toward the viewer. He's gesturing towards you. And he's opening his hand to you. And he seems to have his hand on the table. And, and there's a little space between him and Jesus because it seems as though the Holy Spirit is, is kind of opening himself up to the table or opening some room at the table and inviting you to the table. You'll notice that when you take a look at that, that there's, in the middle of the table, there's this basket of, of some type of fruit. And I think they're trying to get us to read into this, and they're saying that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they share something, that they have a sustenance that, which they share of together, and they are inviting you to the table. They're inviting you to perfect unity. They're inviting me to perfect love and eat of this substance that is very God, a very God, very love of very love. He invites you today. Come on in, sit at the table. We serve a God who is one and who is overall. Ryan and Jen talked about that week one. If we believe that God is overall, we're going to live in a different script. We're going to read into the world events a bit different. We're going to have a bit more trust. Lord, we see what you, we can find you in about everything. We understand that you are over it all. Not that you cause it all, but you are over it all. I trust you. I submit to you. He is in all and living through all. I just, I just want to push on this just a moment. I want this therefore moment to sit in with you a little bit. Paul's saying because of what Christ has done, he has brought all things into himself. All things into himself. That means that somehow the very, like the very God is living in you and living in me. And that when I'm dealing with you, I am somehow mysteriously dealing with God as well. Now listen, you're not God. Somebody punch your neighbor next to you. You're not God. I'm not saying you're God. Hey, husband, wife, I'm not saying you're God. But somehow there is a Godness in you. Because he's in all. His life is in all. Life in all things. Does this mean that he's even in things in nature? Like, could, 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 does he hold the trees together? Is he like living, living through the rock and the mountain and the sun rays? I think yes. I think, I think the, like, the sun rays is like God's expression of love towards you. The mountains are, are like God's fortitude, like expressed in love to you. He's in all things. And so when I deal with you or when I deal with things of the earth, I, I am dealing somehow mysteriously with God himself. The whole thing is connected. The whole thing. And because of what Christ has done, I'm going to live 
now connected to the whole thing. You don't want to be disconnected. Don't you want to live connected? There's this beautiful thing that uh, Mother Teresa wrote about this, about a therefore moment because Christ has brought all things and now I am going to be dealing with people differently. She says this, people are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyway. The good you do today may be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. For you see, in the end, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. It's between you and God. In the end, it's between you and God. Why? Because God is somehow in the midst of it all. He is over all and in all and through all. And every time I'm engaging with some of this, I'm somehow engaging with God. In the end, it's about him anyway. This is what chapter four is all about. And he even begins, he ends the chapter by saying, be kind and forgive one another. And he starts chapter five by saying this, imitate God. Because we're at this therefore moment, because of all the things that God has done, we're gonna live differently. And ultimately, we're gonna imitate God in his love and his kindness. I want a world like that, don't you? So how, how are we gonna do this? Well, he, he gives us a hint on this and how to do it. And I just want, I want to check it out. I want you to see this. It's uh, verse 21. Hear this. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old self, your old sinful nature, your old former ways, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's the key. How are we going to live into this? We're going to put off our old self. I, I think it's cool that he says self here because he wants us to identify that we do have a self that is filled with corruption and lust and wanting our own pride things. <laughs> Have you ever come to grips with that in your life? You ever said, yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah, I do have some faults. You ever humbled yourself and say, yeah, you know what? I do have a self that is like that. I recognize when I slip into it. And that's not the people we want to be. It's not the person I want to be. And he says we got to do something with it. We got we to be actively involved. We got to put it off. Not ignore it. You got to Put, it, put your hands on the thing and put it off. And then as Christians, we like to quote the next part that says, and then we put on the new thing, which is also active. We're going to put on the new nature. We're going to put on the nature that is like God, the very thing that is love. But you can't forget that slice in the middle. Because this is kind of our old strength, to push this off and to put this on. That's kind of our own deal. But the part in the middle says that I'm going to let the Spirit. I'm going to let the Spirit renew me you and I we need to be made new you and I need our old self updated we need an update like software needs updates in a computer we need to be updated made new again renewed again made new again and again and again we need this and how are we going to do that the very God who created all things can make you new again, create in you again, create in you again, but you have to let it happen. How do you let it happen? 
with the Spirit of God. However the Spirit of God is going to do this in your life. There's a mystery to it. I could give you some, some of the, the classic ways that the Holy Spirit does this is through the Scriptures. As you read the Scriptures, you'll be renewed in your thinking. As you begin to get to know other people, other Christians, you get renewed in your thinking. As you pray, you're shaped. And the world around you is shaped. You become renewed in your thinking. As a musician, we have this term, if we need to redo our lives, or we need to redo the song, we say it like this. Hey, let's, let's take it again from the top. Rethink our lives. Redo the song. Take it again from the top. That's what the Spirit of God's doing. He's saying you got to renew again from the top. Let the Spirit do it. Renew you in thinking and in attitude, which is to say your motives. Why do you do what you do? You're at a therefore moment. How would Christ do this right now? I'm at a therefore moment. And we're going to then put on this new nature. This new nature is love to the world. This new nature is forgiveness. This new nature is patient. This new nature is all of this stuff that we talked about right here. Adoption. Walking in freedom. Walking in grace. Walking towards mercy. We are going to imitate God in these things. And I tell you what, I want a world like that. I want to live with people like that. I want to be a community like that. Don't you want to be like that? Let's let the Spirit renew us today. Just a moment, we're going to pray around that. But here in closing, you know, I think Paul is writing this because this was his story. Maybe you know Paul's story. In short, it goes like this. Scripture says that he wasn't always like this, but that he was a man who was very studied and learned. Yes, he was super smart. He spoke multiple languages. He was a, a, a scholar in, in things of, of law and of religion. Super smart. Had, had really achieved much, had status in the world, but it also says this about him, that he breathed threats and murder. He <gasps> inhaled threats and breathed out murder. That's what his life rhythm was. I'm going <gasps> to be threatened by you, and I'm going to threat you and murder you. And matter of fact, Acts, the book of Acts, talks about how he was there even at the murder of people. Let it happen. Condoned it even. This is the person he was. But Jesus came to him and called to him. That's why Paul says he calls to each one of us because Jesus called to him. He said, Paul. One day he was riding on his high horse, if you will, through life, and a bright light shone, knocked him off. And something like scales came over his eyes and he was temporarily blinded. And he was disoriented in the world. The world looked different. The world looked very different. But then Christians came to him and he was led to learn. Before those Christians came, Jesus spoke to him out loud and said, Why are you breathing threats and murder? Why are you living this way to me? Well, did he ever do that to Jesus himself? Not necessarily, but you remember Jesus is in all things. Maybe that's why Paul says it now on this side of it. Maybe this is the therefore moment. He's realizing, oh my gosh, Jesus is in everything. He's over it all. He's in it all. He's through it all. Oh my goodness. Jesus says, why are you doing this to me? This disorienting. These Christians take him. They pray for him. And something like scales fall from his eyes. And when he opens his eyes, he is in a new world almost. He doesn't see an us versus them. He sees one humanity coming together. And they teach him a way of love. They teach him a way of peace. And he lives this way so much that ultimately he gave his life for this way. Impacted the world. Changed societies. Changed the way society was to what it could be.
And in a different way, what would it look like in your life? What would it look like, not just in the societal level, but what would it look like in your home? Have you said, all right, because Jesus of what you've done for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive. It's really never about me and that person anyway. It's between me and you. I'm going to forgive them because you forgave me. I'm going to turn down the anger knob. I'm going to throw off that old self, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about it a little bit. Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you renew me in this anger thing, and I'm going to put on the new self, which is a little more gentle. Have a little more strength of patience. What would it look like as a business owner to do that? To be a little bit more giving. I was with a business owner this week, and, and he said, you know what, we had a good year, and instead of just keeping it for the business, we actually gave everybody raises. We're doing well. We felt like they should do well. That, that, I wonder if that's what it looks like a little bit more to give. What would it look like in your life? I think if you are there for a moment, right now in this moment, you are there for a moment to recognize what Christ has done for you and the trajectory of your life. And he has good plans for you above all that you could ask or think. I know it's true. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your example to us. Lord, honestly, we want to live like you. Jesus, we're at a therefore moment. Because of what you've done, but we want to live like you. Help us to put on that new self. Help us to throw off that old self. And Holy Spirit, we want to let you do what you do. Speak to us in how we can hear. But we want to see you all over the place, in all things, through all things, and over all things. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Church, it's an honor to be able to open the scriptures with you today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time. I know I did. Uh, I tell you, in just a moment, we're going to have some questions, as, as is our custom. We're going to put some questions up on the screen, and they're just meant for dialogue. Listen, learn, love with one another as you dialogue about that. Before we close, it'd be my honor just to, to bless you with a traditional blessing. It's been said for like literally thousands of years. We say it traditionally here every week as well. Be blessed by this. It says this, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor. May he give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.